0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I am your host tonight, David, and I'm joined by Andrew. What's up, everybody? And Marisha.
1: How's it
0: going? And we actually got a few small topics to talk about that all are part of a big topic, the writer's strike. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some stuff we've been watching lately. I recently watched the first season of The Orville. And I'll give a very small review of Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among, Among Thieves because Andrew and Marisha have actually not had a chance to see that one. Uh, but, yeah, let's jump right into it so I can make sure we get to all the topics we want to touch. Uh, the writer strike continues. It does. Yeah, And there is not really an end in sight. Well, no, I, I pulled up some news on it right before we
2: got on tonight. And not only is there no end in sight to the writer's strike, like uh, SAG is about to go into their negotiations because their contract's about to expire. And they actually got permission.
1: They've they, they called for, for I thought they, they had already. They, no, they, they already they, voted. They, they, did, okay.
2: they voted for permission to uh, strike if the negotiations don't go well. So, like, they're already, they're, they've already, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they've already made the moves to strike if the studios don't yeah, they're poised to strike
1: basically at this point all they have to do is say all right that's
2: it but then on top of that we learned that the same time that the writers guild not the writers guild, the that, writers that, that guild sag, and well SAG. well that sag well writers already striking mm-hmm. the the same time that the sag contract expires so does the directors guild and they are now making moves to sort of prepare themselves to potentially strike. Um, and all of this with sort of the support of uh, IATSE and the other, the other unions. It's everybody is sort of, uh, I think today or yesterday, they released a joint statement, like all the unions mm-hmm. together released a joint statement. So unfortunately... I don't think the studios have any interest in doing anything about the Writers Guild strike until they have dealt with the, the actors and the directors.
1: Because, yeah.
2: Well, this, I mean, to what end? Mm-hmm. Like, where if you know, you fix this one, I think they would probably, so here's what I think it is. is I think they would rather negotiate with everybody at once yeah. than negotiate if they negotiate right now and give, say they gave the writers everything they wanted well then there are expectations when the others come come in to do their negotiating
1: which may be why they haven't negotiated at all so far
2: yeah well i mean they well, they technically have but like an obscenely low like Router, yeah. like less than something like a sixth of what the writers guild asked for hmm. so yeah it's uh i think it's going to get worse before it gets better but the the uh, sag after stuff and the director stuff is coming up real soon so so I think everybody's
1: contracts expire the end of June
2: right so I think if those go I think those negotiations should be in you know in progress now so I I think that if they get those dealt with then we will see them then turn around and do their negotiating with the writers because uh, I, I don't think it's in their, you know, benefits them in any way to drag this out. But with, with those contracts coming up with the uh, expiring with SAG and the directors, I think that's their priority. Mm-hmm. And once they've hashed that out, then they'll turn around and deal with the writers.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's unfortunate, but I guess all we can really do as these viewers is kind of, sit back and wait, wait out the storm. Yeah. Um, Well, the good news is, is those
2: contracts, like Marisha said, expired at the end of June. So we should at least know within the next couple of weeks, whether they're going to sort it out or if they're going to strike.
0: Yeah. And we're starting to see this affect some things. Uh, The most Mm -hmm. notable, I think that's been in the news lately is Deadpool. So tell me if I'm misunderstanding, but it sounds like because technically Improving on set is like a form of writing. Ryan Reynolds is not allowed to improv. I think it's
2: specifically because Ryan Reynolds, I think, is credited as a writer on this. Ah. So I think with the deal they have, he is prohibited from contributing to the script. So he can't. So ad-libbing lines is the same thing as rewriting the script. So. Yeah, so supposedly they're going forward with shooting. Does but anybody
1: he, believe that that's going to be like a workable solution? I mean, I just So here's he the real mask. question.
2: Well, here's the real question. What are they shooting? Like if they're looking at it and they're going, if they're thinking, hey, this is going to get sorted out in a month, then they can go ahead and start shooting. They could shoot all the
1: stuff without Ron Reynolds in it.
2: They could shoot B-roll. They can shoot.
1: And maybe they're just planning to dub over.
2: Well, that's the thing. He's wearing a mask. You can dub lines later.
1: Yeah. And and that may just be the plan, you know, for him just to, to play it straight for now. And they'll just dub over it later once this all clears mm-hmm. up. But it's a little surprising to me because I think that it's a lot more expensive to shut down the show and then restart it. Oh, for it sure. To well, it's actually... not just
2: more expensive. it's It's, it's harder to schedule.
1: I don't know. I mean,
2: what are your thoughts, David? Because, yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's, it's, you know, that's my understanding is that he's not allowed to add live lines because uh, he's technically a writer on this. So
0: it's, it's weird because it's like, so I don't know how the business works. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that because it's a big enough thing that it's a big enough production that, like, I would imagine the Writers Guild has, like, an associate there, or something like that, maybe keeping an eye on this kind of thing because it's like, let's say they're in the middle of a of a set, and Ryan Reynolds ad libs. Who's gonna be like, wee woo, wee woo? Stop
1: right there, sir! That is a fine for like. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean? sure that there are writers. Right, uh, so sure there have there to are be representatives like of, of representative. The... That's the word I was looking for. Yeah,
0: yeah. Right, so that's goofy, but other than that, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, I think it'll be fine. like you said there's the you can go back and dub things i i don't think it's the other thing though
1: Hmm. that's the short sort of show that the picket lines will show that that the unions will show up and picket. members of other unions are not going to cross a physical picket line so like you know the 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 screenwriters guild shows up with a picket line and they're not filming that day you Hmm. know because most of their crew i'm sure is is union and they're not going to cross the picket line that's crazy
2: so yeah it's uh now part of what they've got going they're filming in England so it was a little easier for them to continue going
1: mm, okay well then that that probably isn't going to be the same then with the the unions with mm. well actually well
2: it's a U.S. studio The
1: Biazzi is international
2: yes so I don't know all the ins and outs of it uh I think you'd probably have to be a lawyer with a very specific uh repertoire to understand it at all anyway so deadpool's moving forward but then we've got a list of stuff stuff that i see i've got a list here from an article from a week or so ago things that kind of in our wheelhouse that have shut down cobra kai has shut down daredevil born again has shut down see i know there's some others in here that has to be
1: stranger things
2: stranger things is not on this list but it it has shut down oh yeah okay so those are i'm sure there are a lot more but that's three really really big
1: two of which feature actors that are that are aging teenagers. out of their roles quickly. they're aging out of their roles in a major way i mean they aged out of their roles during COVID three years ago
2: yeah uh now cobra kai shut down i don't think i'm not sure if stranger things had started filming yet Stranger things probably would benefit from just going ahead and doing a time jump and let's quit pretending these are kids, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, But uh, you know, lots of things, lots of things shutting down. Yeah. Um, Because
0: even, even though like some of these scripts might already be done, it's, it's extremely common for rewrites to be happening the entire time of production.
1: Oh, hundred percent.
0: changes to be happening. So Mm -hmm. no, they rewrite. I mean, you have
2: people in place to rewrite. I mean, you you generally because sometimes you know something something that looks good on paper when someone says it out loud might not sound great, and and lines get rewritten all the time. So entire every scenarios every get rewritten. You go one, to a
1: every show I've ever been on, you get you know like constantly updated scripts.
0: Oh yeah, Marisha, you directly like work in in in, in the business often, so you have a bit more insight into this. <laughs> yeah,
1: so many. And, you know, it may not be big changes, but, like, you know, you read the script whenever you, when you start, you know, and you you learn all of your stuff, and then it changes, you know, just constantly. So, yeah, it's not like, oh, the script is done, now we just stick with that. It's really not the nature of the beast.
2: I mean, just directly in in Marvel, I'm seeing that a supposed Spider-Man 4 has been put on hold.
0: Um, yeah i wanted to bring that up and actually let that segue um out of the writers guild conversation okay. because um yeah i saw that that supposed amy pascal first of all she announced that a live action miles morales movie is in the works i figured it's that really in sooner rather than
2: later i wonder was there any indication of whether it was a sony project
0: or it sounded it... like a sony project okay that's what there was. Really, all we know is there's a live-action Miles Morales film coming. There's a lot of speculation as to if that will be like the across the Spider Verse, Miles literally jumps into live action, or like in in a universe or whatever, you know, because he's going across the Spider Verse. That would be stupid. I don't want him to do that. That's but that's been a speculation. Or if it's set in the MCU, or if it's going to be set in the Sony Verse, set in the Venom. Except set in the Andrew Garfield universe, you know many many different options they have. So we'll have to keep an ear out for more information on that. But then yeah, they also confirmed Spider Man Four is in the works, but it has been shut down because of the writer strike. And also interestingly enough, she mentioned that it will be starring Tom Holland and Zendaya. Yeah, and that caused a big uproar because a lot of people are saying, well, what was the point of Spider Man No Way Home if now Zendaya is still in the movie? And my honest response to that is that I never thought Zendaya wasn't going to be in this movie. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Who thought that?
0: I, yeah. Like you, and also like Peter, this idea that like Peter's just going to go and start a whole new life. Like, no, like I think these, these other elements from his old life are going to, to cross into, um into what he's got going on right now.
2: I mean, just like, go back and just go back and look at the, at Spider-Man No Way Home, and the last conversation he has with her is very indicative of the fact that he intends to convince her.
1: He's looking to reconnect.
2: Yeah, that they loved each other. and and, I mean, he he does for
0: now to let it go. He did. He shows up,
2: and he sees how happy they are, and he can't bring himself to disrupt it. But that doesn't mean that's the end of it. I mean, there are several questions there. Like, Ned, we even get a line in that movie where Ned's like, I would never, you know, become your villain to, to Peter. Well, now he does, like, you know, he is a villain in the, yeah, that character is a villain in the comics, even though this isn't exactly that character, but he's he's Hobgoblin, right? Yeah, yeah. And what is what is the danger of what Ned could become without Peter?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely don't think these characters are going away, and is a huge star. No, I mean, I why, would you, yeah, why would you, yeah, why really? would you
2: not include her? She's like, one
0: of
1: those bankable stars alive right now.
2: Yeah, one of them.
0: Yeah, I didn't think, and also, like, I think I'd be disappointed if it's, like, literally just an entire trilogy of movies didn't matter at all. Like, some people were saying, yeah. like, well, that means No Way Home doesn't matter because she's back. No, it matters a lot, like... Just because she will physically be in front of him, it's still all that stuff happened. Like she still doesn't know who he is. All the pathos and everything that happened is still there. And like, if she was, if she was away, then like, I guess my question would be, what was the point of watching Homecoming and Far From Home if if they just erase all? Of it? no, they have to have callbacks to that old life. These old things from his past that will be popping up. I mean, that's essential to Spider Man. Is is these old demons that keep showing up? Right. And also, I just think it fits well into the story. I mean, I'm imagining a beautiful scene where he's moving on and he's going on a date with maybe this new girl he met in college named Gwen Stacy, and he's going on a date with her and they're going to a party and he opens the door and Mary Jane's standing there okay. with like her big hair, like cl- more classic Mary Jane, maybe maybe Zendaya. And she's like looking a bit older, a bit more like the Mary Jane from the comics. And she's like, a uh, sub Tiger. Like th- that would be wonderful. You know, a recreation of the scene from a uh, homecoming when he opens the door and he's shocked to see Vulture.
2: Right. Yeah. Matchy
0: does that in Zendaya. Yeah. No, I just don't. Again, I never thought she wasn't going to be in this movie.
1: No, I think anybody who thought she wasn't going to be in this movie is crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, that's just sad. Like, especially the Ned thing, like, you know, more, more than wanting MJ and Peter to be together, I want. Ned and Peter to be friends again.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's actually sadder to me. Because yeah. they've been friends for a, a, a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. That sucks. So, yeah, I hope that we also find out that Ned will be in the movie. I could do without Flash, personally. I, yeah, I think, I
2: think Flash had officially kind of run his course after the second film. Yeah. Uh, like, he pops up in the third one, but he's really just full on kind of the butt of the joke. At the, flash the, point
0: point, shows up. the Flashpoint joke was kind of funny. The
2: Flashpoint joke was funny. But yeah, I mean, like, I mean, we're seeing a lot of stuff pushed back because of this. And, and like, I, as I'm kind of looking down the list, I mean, I'm seeing, I'm seeing things that say, you know, project shut down indefinitely, you know? And I know Marvel, I know that Kevin Feige and Bob Iger both felt like, they had gotten that that it had gotten a little out of hand and that Kevin Feige wasn't able to be hands-on on on all the projects. The two that I'm specifically seeing as halted indefinitely, which which may mean temporarily, it may mean forever, but this is a this is an opportunity for them to just kind of very indiscreetly just kind of or very discreetly just kind of get rid of a few projects if they decided they maybe did really want to do them.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but I see Thunderbolts and Wonder Man both on the, you know, with the word indefinitely mm-hmm. uh, after them. So, you know, that's, that it'll be interesting to see what projects, because there's going to be with Marvel and Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, which projects actually survive this? Because yeah. it's possible that some of them just get weeded out. And this is just, they kind of just get, Brushed aside.
1: Yeah, some things when it gets stuck in production purgatory, they just kind of die.
2: Well, in this, you know, in that same article, the Collider article where they're talking about the Spider Man stuff, the first part of that article is actually talking about Blade being, you know, mm-hmm. put, pushing balls on Blade again. Honestly, I don't know if Blade can survive that. I mean, that poor movie. Like, Jesus. Right. I mean, that movie has been a disaster as far as getting I mean, just the pre-production on it has been a disaster.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And and at some point, Mahershala Ali is going to get tired of the scheduling problems and just Yeah. Say, you know what, you didn't meet your end of the contract, I'm out.
0: Yeah. In some brighter Marvel news, you see that Sam Raimi's in the running for directing Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars.
2: I didn't really? see that, but I would be down uh, with
0: that. He is, he's, uh, it looks like he's in sort of the, uh, finals to be chosen. Um, since they, they recently they got rid of, uh, I forget who was set to direct it. The um, Kang Dynasty one? Yeah. Kang, yeah. Yeah. The Shang-Chi director, right? Was going to direct mm. Kang Dynasty, but, um, he apparently backed out of that, which I like Shang-Chi. I like the direction. I would have been really happy with that. Him being the director, but now it looks like Sam Raimi's up for consideration. He's de- it's all it looks almost definite that he's going to get the direct of Doctor Strange three. Okay, and which I think is great because all the problems I have with that movie were not the direction, and Sam Raimi did not write that movie. I think the direction was it. the best part of the movie.
1: My brother in law literally texted Andrew when they finally got around to watching that and was like, "Hey, Sam Raimi direct." The most recent Doctor Strange movie (laughs) was like he's like, Yes, it yes. He says, Okay, that makes sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I'd love it if he got to do Secret Wars. Can you imagine if Toby Maguire shows up in Secret Wars and it's directed by Sam Raimi? That could could be the full circle. That Mm -hmm. that would be Mm -hmm. beautiful.
2: Yeah, I mean that, that would all be interesting. I I mean, right now, I mean who knows what they're gonna do there? because I, I think the Kang Dynasty stuff's still really up in the air.
0: I saw a heavy speculation that they're gonna change this is not speculation, but like just an idea someone had that I don't hate is they're gonna change the name of Kang Dynasty to Secret Wars part one, and just like get rid of the whole Kang thing. Um, okay. yeah. I don't necessarily think that that's the best idea, but I don't know anything about all that. I don't know what yeah. to think about all that. I don't get no, paid we're. enough to think about all
2: that. <laughs> we're a long ways from really knowing exactly what to expect with those movies.
1: Well, especially yeah. since everything's really kind of up in the air with Jonathan May. Well, that's right that's down. what I was talking about. Like, yeah,
2: you know, it's, it's, do they continue forward with the Kang being the big bad
1: or do they just kind of pivot? Or do they, you
2: know, pivot another direction? And I, I'm not sure. I mean,
1: they definitely haven't been above, you know, just killing off. Somebody who you thought was going to be the next big villain,
0: right? You but know. like Loki season two is like, that's that's that, is that I ref guess. filming,
1: yeah? Yeah, I, I mean,
2: that's that's fixing to come out,
0: right? That's set, Loki yeah, that's two, set and done, dude.
1: I think that one is done, and honestly,
0: Kane's well, the point, in
1: that they can't make any real um changes, probably at this point, um, uh, unless they had already finished, you know, unless they had already changed things before this strike started. But the thing is they can always kind of pivot directions if they decide to, or they can just recast, you know, that's always an option too. It's just, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a rough minute for the MCU, you know, for, for so long, the MCU was just the golden child that couldn't do it. They couldn't do anything wrong. Like it was a thing we always compare, you know, it was like, you know, come on, Star Wars. Can't you get, you know, the MCU is across the hall killing it. Why can't you get it together? And then after the the big reset, there it, it's definitely
0: struggled. Speaking of actors that need to be recasted, did you guys see Flash director's comments about Ezra Miller recently about how no? no? Okay, so it's it's Andy Moltichetti. I I I'm sure I pronounced that wrong, but um, he said in an interview, and this is like. The A couple days after Grant Gustin's Flash finishes the show, Mm -hmm. he says, we can't recast Ezra. I don't think there's anybody who could play Barry Allen as well as Ezra Miller. Uh, What? Right.
2: He's a terrible terrible Barry Allen. He's a terrible
0: Barry Allen. And Grant Gustin just finished a legendary run as Barry Allen for like nine years. Right. Just the utter disrespect. Like I, <laughs> I know it's not that serious at a TV show, but I was just baffled when I read that. I was like, "What? Wow!" Did you just say? And everybody's response was like, "I could think of two people who play Barry Allen better than him," and they were responding with the, the two Barry Allens in the Flash, the one who played the the Barry Allen from the nineties, oh. uh, and such. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was insane. Like what? And he's 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 in the running right now to direct Batman, the brave and the bold. Look, I haven't seen the flash. Maybe the flash is very well directed. Maybe it's great. And maybe I'll be happy with it, but you know, for a long time, the reviews coming out about flash, were just worshiping this movie. And now that it's getting closer, I'm seeing a lot more like really trash reviews about it.
2: It's kind of been quiet for a little while there. It was everywhere. The, the trailers and everything, but like this most recent trailer, there was no buzz.
0: Yeah, and like, it comes
2: out like... Yeah, and it's, I feel like the buzz, I feel like the buzz is already
0: wearing off.
1: I mean, this movie's been buzzing for years.
0: That, yeah, that doesn't help. Man, I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard James Gunn say, this movie's fantastic. It's a fantastic film. Can't wait for you to see it. Moving on. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> like that video that he first released. Right. Uh, it was so funny. He's like, The Flash is a fantastic film. Can't wait for you to see it. Anyway, next topic. Yeah. Hmm. yeah yeah no that's just it baffled me i was like grant Gustin. can you imagine the, the there would have been literal audience cheers if let's say ezra miller starts running really really fast goes to like a vortex kind of vibrates and then on the other side comes out grant gustin and then they just don't address it it's just that's it. <laughs> the audience would have erupted in applause yeah, yeah. if that happened uh if they just like, yeah, Grant Gustin's Barry Allen in the in the DCU now. Yep.
1: Just moving on. I mean <laughs> on. There there
2: are so many young actors out there right now that could pull off a Barry Allen yeah. you know better than than anything Ezra Miller's done. Like I just I've never cared for his. It's it's not even about the you know, just a- ignoring all the, the the criminal activity and the weirdness from you know from him. I never liked his portrayal of the character.
0: No, I think he would have made an okay Wally West. But he was Barry Allen. It's different. Yeah, right. And even then I wouldn't have liked him as Wally West. No, I agree. It's it's I just I never liked that performance at all. From the very first trailer that we saw of him, I remember it was yeah.
1: He was so dumb. <laughs> I was just like, "Why why are you so dumb?" You're supposed to be a very bright individual. I
0: don't know. I he just seems so incompetent. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and just yeah, not charming, not funny, not anything good. It's just bad. He, he's a he's a bad Barry Allen. Um I saw a suggestion. This was a thought, and I laughed at it at first, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, I could rock with that. So imagine now. He's too old, they're not gonna do it. But you know who would make a really good Barry Allen? Uh, Chris Pratt. <laughs> Again, I laughed at it at first, but then I thought about no, it. And I kind of rock with that.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, is Chris Pratt has the, I think, the charisma and just the general personality that a lot of these superheroes were kind of written with. Which is why, like, every time we talk about one, it's like, well, let's talk about Booster Gold. Let's talk about Chris Pratt. Or, you yeah. know. I think that yeah. I think that you don't have to go get Chris Pratt for every role, but I think that he should. You should be looking for someone with that sort of charm, like
1: yeah. I, to I feel like, like Tom he Tom just. Tom Holland's a lot that way.
2: Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I feel,
1: Tom Holland definitely
2: carries the same.
1: MCU same sort of has done really well with getting actors that have a similar kind of vibe. Tom Holland, Holland
0: would be an excellent Barry Allen or Wally West,
1: hmm, actually. Yeah. He's got I'm, that kind uh, of uh, genuineness about him.
0: Anyway, I just thought that was insane. Just that comment. Like, dude, like, especially, like, it's like, he said that, like, a week after The Flash ended. <laughs>
2: like, right. bro.
0: Which, by the way, I watched one episode from this final season. The one with Arrow in it. Right. And it was dope as hell. It was awesome. It, it was so cool. It was stupid. It was so stupid. Because he, like, he shows up as the Spectre. Oh, spoilers. He shows up as the Spectre. It's like, Barry, here's what's happening. I'm going to help you solve this problem. And Barry's like, okay, cool. And then Barry's like, why don't you just come back permanently? And he's like, as a Spectre, I can only interfere for a small amount of time. I'm only tied to this plane for, for a limited time. And he, like, becomes a human body. And Barry's like, all right, well, you got Spectre powers, right? And he goes, yeah, but I decided to use this. And he pulls out a bow and arrow. (laughs) it's so stupid but i loved it it was awesome (laughs) literally it was being like yes his powers should allow him to snap his fingers and end this all right now but he's going to use a bow and arrow because he's the green arrow
1: yeah because nostalgia. Um, yeah
0: and john diggle's in it now if you remember the last time we saw john diggle he got a green lantern ring he didn't have that and this was actually (laughs) stupid i thought this was stupid he's just back as like guardian or whatever his name was Right, with his dumb helmet, and, <laughs> and it was a bad helmet. It was a bad helmet, and all, and Oliver goes, "It was good. You turned down that ring. It was a test." <laughs> what? <laughs> That's so dumb. What do you mean? Why? No, no one did this. You couldn't afford. You couldn't afford to have Green Lantern animations and CGI, so you just said, "No, he's not Green Lantern." Uh, that was so. That was whack, but yeah. Anyway, Flash. Oh, so is there any other uh, news or anything you want to talk about or comment on before we move on to
1: our Orville talk? I mean, do y'all think that all of, you know, this This slowdown is obviously shaking things up for the, you know, what's going on with the MCU. How much do we think it's going to affect what's going on at DC? Or do we think oh, that I mean, every, everything's in such early development that well, it's not really going to make a difference? No, no. I mean,
2: DC was trying to hit the ground running with, with their new uh, studio heads.
1: Yeah.
2: And I think it's, I think it's potentially worse for DC.
1: Yeah. Like is James Gunn Gunn not allowed
0: to, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Is James Gunn like not allowed to finish his Superman legacy script now?
1: No, no, he's not. That was my question. Not only is he the studio head, he's, he's one of going to be one of their big writers. So yeah, no, I mean, that's,
2: I mean, I don't believe for a second some of these guys aren't that are that are director writers, like you know big names like like James Gunn aren't sitting at home tinkering with their scripts. I don't believe that yeah. for a second. but he certainly can't move forward with it. Like he you know, he could work on writing, but he really can't do
0: can't, like, present it to the studio and stuff. Right.
2: It's like, is Taika Waititi still? He had planned on going back to New Zealand this summer and working on his Star Wars script. Right. Is Taika Waititi sitting in New Zealand not working on his Star Wars script? Right. I doubt it. Like, I'm sure he's still tinkering with that script, but...
1: Ain't nobody going to see it.
2: Right. He can't take it in for any sort of approval or...
1: Yeah. You know,
2: so... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I think it's worse at the end of the day for DC because Marvel can afford, like, they have a lot of stuff finished that's still going to trickle out over the rest of this year. Yeah. So at the end of the day, their slowdown is not going to be as drastic, where DC is literally trying to launch the DCU. Right. Like, there's, keep in mind, there's not a DCU movie yet. Right. Like, there's not one made yet. Uh, it, the, this Flash movie may or may not launch the DCU I don't know there's rumors that it will and, and others saying that it won't I think that that's probably what they're going to do is they're going to use this movie to reset the timeline but you you, you if that's what they're doing you're literally going to reset your timeline like soon like in the next week and then and then you're going to sit and twiddle your thumbs until all these strikes are resolved so, yeah, I think it's way worse for DC because they're trying to create something brand new mm-hmm. where Marvel's just going to kind of coast on what they've already got done for a little while.
0: Slightly off current topic, but I saw a very funny review of The Flash. It's my favorite thing I've ever read. It said, what is The Flash movie like? Well, imagine if in No Way Home, instead of the other Spider-Men showing up to help MCU Spider-Man, Instead, a different Tom Holland Spider-Man showed up and they teamed up with uh, Kate Bishop uh, Hawkeye and they fought the Red Skull. Oh, and also they team up with Ben Affleck's Daredevil. (laughs) That is the Flash.
1: I love it.
2: Yeah, it sounds like a convoluted nightmare to me, but...
0: Yeah, I just think it's so... Like, yeah, the first ever Flash movie and is the villain Captain Cold... Mirror Master, Gorilla Grodd, Reverse Flash. No. General Zod. Zod, yeah. What a choice. Hilarious.
1: So I guess in the quest to not, for Henry Cavill to never be Superman again, they just decided to go Supergirl instead?
2: Oh, worst of the worst. Did y'all see, it was a trailer, it was a foreign trailer for the movie that came out like today, or I think it was today. And they have Superman in the trailer, but they're not going to show his face. Oh, no. Oh. So we know it's supposed to be Henry Cavill Superman, but we're not going to actually, it's just the shots from the back. And it looks like we're not going to, you know, we, I mean, I don't have any reason to believe Henry Cavill's in this movie. Um, There's no way. And, and so, yeah, we're going to have Superman, but we're just not going to, it's like on a, it's a tv it's like a news report and it's showing superman doing something we're just going to see it from the back
1: wow it's so that's sad so
2: like that that studio did henry cavill it's, it's mind-blowing how dirty that studio
0: did in mm-hmm. yeah um, speaking of that studio doing people dirty which actually they really didn't they did they didn't do this person dirty but this was just a fun segue do you see the rock is going to be in fast and furious now when uh, he spent years saying he will not be in Fast and Furious. Oh, he's in the one that's about to come out? Uh, no, he's going to be in the next one that is filming.
1: Next one?
0: Yeah. How many no, movies? No, have... no, part Part 10 is a three-part finale now. Oh, okay. Really, it's going to be like 12 movies. So
1: how? Oh, ha-
2: my God. How long have they been saying this is the last one? The
0: last? Since seven. Okay. The one where Paul Walker died.
2: Right. I think
0: that was seven. That was going to be the last one. And then they made eight, and Vin Diesel said it was a tribute to Paul. Yeah. And then they made nine, and he said, this is also a tribute to Paul. (laughs) And then they made this one, and yeah. But Rocky isn't in it. He hasn't been in the last one. He's been saying he will not be in it. Him and Vin Diesel have a beef. Uh, But Black Adam bombed real bad. Yeah,
2: no, that did does, not work does. out
0: for him at all. The hierarchy of DC did not change like he wanted. So now he's one, probably going to show up at WrestleMania. Um, Two, he's going to be in the new Fast and Furious, the next Fast and Furious movie. And three, he's going to be in a Hobbs solo film, which is yeah. not a sequel to Hobbs and Shaw. This is a oh. new franchise. Also, Vin Diesel said he wants to start a Toretto's franchise.
2: Because why not? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, as I guess, as long as they're making money, they'll keep making on money. You can't
1: blame them for that.
2: But yeah, the the whole thing with The Rock
1: and Vin Diesel.
2: Well, I think The Rock, honestly, I think that he thought he was going to throw his weight around and run DC Studios.
0: A hundred percent. That's what he thought. Definitely. And,
2: and he didn't get it. And then the, like they they went and hired other other uh, studio heads. And then his movie just absolutely bombed. And then there was the beef with Zachary Levi, Dude, and then that movie bombed. It just, <laughs> I don't even know, but I, I think unfortunately, I think that those two. I mean, I didn't see Black Adam yet, but by all accounts, it's very mediocre to bad.
1: Which is a shame. It was
2: and personally. I haven't seen, I haven't seen Shazam two yet.
1: I really but don't I've like heard it. Held up a the first two acts held
2: up yeah so there's there's a couple of very specific complaints that i'm basically just hearing across the board um, about the way zachary levi chose to
0: play the character
2: essentially that zachary levi plays the character more childish than the kid actor
0: yeah i actually heard that like the kid actor did a better job acting in this movie
2: well yeah somebody uh actually david the the other other david that has been on this show a couple of times was we were talking about he watched it a couple nights ago and he and i I mentioned that and he said yeah it's like zachary levi was still playing it like like he was a middle schooler Mm -hmm. while the other kids clearly like an upper level high school kid and like it just there's a disconnect it it feels disjointed like it doesn't feel like they're the same person Mm
1: -hmm. Honestly, didn't bother me as much as just the the third act was just. Oh, did you watch the yeah. new Shazam? Yeah, I watched it at Robbie and Delia's house. Okay, I didn't know. You. Oh, yeah, you did tell me you watched. It. The third act was not stuff. You know, like you get halfway through the movie and you're like, well, I don't know why people are just down on this movie. This is great. It's like it's just Shazam, you know. And then like by the end, it's like, yeah, that that could have, you know, like that. You know like it's always going to be a little cheesy because just of the nature of it but it didn't have to be quite
2: well if you're gonna bomb if you're gonna bomb one of your three acts don't bomb the third one
1: yeah unfortunately (laughs) it seems to be the hardest one to nail well
2: i mean it it always is for for a host of reasons the movies are bad about it you see that happen as tv shows wind down towards a finale Mm -hmm. uh where they don't stick the landing yeah um things like how i met your mother Fun show. And then they just totally.
1: I refuse to acknowledge that. that Well, and Chuck,
2: like I don't watch the last. When I rewatch Chuck, I don't watch the last season. Mm -hmm. Because the the, the season. Well, are are you familiar with Chuck?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I haven't seen it, but I I know what Chuck is. Yeah. Okay. So basically
2: they're coming up on this, the end of a season. And they're like, this is it. They do a finale. The finale is perfect its a beautiful finale and then the studio like they all they all thought they had been told this is it so they wrap it and then the studio comes back and says oh no we're giving you another season so then they do this really really forced season that totally screws up the season before it that was so good huh
0: i think i i've heard about that yeah
2: and and it's so even though there's some, there are some good episodes in that season, but uh, by and large, it does so much damage. I usually just don't watch that season when I rewatch.
0: That's 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 interesting. That's um, that's really funny actually. I have heard about that, but yeah, no Zachary Levi tie in there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're coming up on forty five minutes here, so yeah, so let's uh, yeah, let's, uh,
2: uh,
0: talk about yeah. some Warble. Something about some Orville. Uh, I think I think I might have mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but I saw D and D Honor Among Thieves. I'll just say really? it was good. Really? They did the wild magic wrong. Mm-hmm. That's not how wild magic works. She can't wild wild magic users. Um, not wild magic. Not wild magic. I'm sorry. They did the wild magic right. That was awesome. It was the uh, the wild shaping. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, wild shaping, they did it wrong. <clears throat> wild shape users cannot become owlbears, because owlbears are monsters, they can't become monsters, and they cannot shapeshift that much that often, uh, as they did. Other than that, it was a great adaptation of D&D. It perfectly captured what it feels like to play a campaign, to have a ragtag, weird group of characters that are like making decisions. To They even had stuff where it's like, okay, We each came up with a really good plan. It's two different plans, and they're both really good, and we both like our plans, so we're going to do these separate plans that get us to the same goal. Like In any other movie, I would call it bad writing, but it perfectly fit what D&D, what playing D&D is like. The story was fun. It was very predictable. It was extremely predictable, actually. But that was fine. I still had a good time uh, watching it. All the actors did a fun job all the lore was really really great they used a lot of the different races bradley cooper makes a cameo as a as a as a short little man it's very funny uh yeah D &D, honor among thieves great i really hope they make sequels i hope they make sequels directly to this movie Uh and i hope they make just more dungeons and dragons movies dungeons and dragons
1: movies how did it do like when all was said and done, I mostly heard good things about it, but how did it actually do I'm not numbers sure. wise? I
0: don't think it bombed.
2: So let's see Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Uh, it made $208 million worldwide, had a $37 million opening. That makes me a little scared to look and see what the budget was. Yeah. They didn't do themselves any favors. You got to remember, you got this, this these people over here making this Dungeons and Dragons movie. Meanwhile, Wizards of the Coast is going and pissing off all the fans. Yeah, like that. That did not help things. So it had a hundred and fifty-one million dollar budget. So it, it definitely lost money after marketing. Mm. Yeah. Um, now maybe it yeah, may be that it's a movie that might find new life once it. You know, it, I don't know what kind of money it's doing on physical media and uh, digital media. Yeah. But yeah, it may be a movie that. That happens to movies. Some of the best movies out there. I mean, we all love Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim bombed in the theater. Now it's a classic. And now it's a classic. Yeah. And that's what the 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 um, producer called Edgar Wright the day after the movie dropped, and the numbers were so bad, and said it's a marathon, not a spread. Yeah. And uh, you know that movie is, you know, an incredibly beloved movie now. So. You know, it can happen, failing in the theaters, it probably didn't lose a ton of money, but it definitely didn't really make money. But that's disappointing. But yeah, like I said, Wizards of the Coast didn't do this movie any
0: favors. So let's move on to make our final topic, the Orville, something that we're just going to rave about, uh, which is exciting after this has yeah. been a pretty sad podcast talking about all this <laughs> stuff going on. Um, we get to talk about Orville. Which yes. I finally got around to watching because I was seeing clips on it randomly pop up on my timeline on social media, and I was like, "Huh, this is really interesting. Uh-huh. I'll check it out." And I was hooked. I've watched the entire first season. So yeah. Andrew Marisch, you guys have seen the whole show, right? Yes. Correct. At least it's out right now. Are, are they making a, ne- a new season? We're still we're still waiting. We're still waiting. Like we're still uh on we're still throwing a fit about it everywhere we
2: can, uh, but so far we don't know. There's no announcement.
0: Okay. Um, because my understanding is it got like COVID came, kind of like messed with it, and then they haven't come back since, right? Well, they,
2: so what they kind of did was they moved it. So so the Disney acquisition of Fox, where it was, oh, yeah. it was on Fox. So Disney buys it and says – hey, we're going to move it to Hulu. Uh, so they give it a bigger budget, a little bit longer production time, announce that it's going to Hulu, and then COVID
0: hits. And that was going to be season four?
2: No, that was season three.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Like,
2: and so season three ends up getting made, but it takes well, two years. Now, mm. the end product is... Some of the best science fiction TV in in years. I mean, it's it's fantastic. Like, I think at the, I think when they hit season three, they they kind of pull the gloves off and go, Oh, you don't think we can do Star Trek better than Star Trek? Watch this. It's kind of what season three becomes. Like, they kind of drop a lot of the humor in season three, and it just becomes Star Trek. That's interesting. Uh, and season, and, but they the budget's bigger massive space battles uh it's wild stuff i mean it's really good but uh i love the whole show it's just that season three was such a they they elevated the product so much in season three that nobody like everybody was convinced that an announcement of season four is coming any day
0: and And so far nothing well I'm very excited to get to season three to get this, to the start season two. Probably when this podcast, we're done recording. I'm going to go watch an episode. But yeah, you It'll guys.
1: Pick it up from here. Uh, so not, if you enjoyed season one. Yeah, season one
0: was
2: great. But it, yeah. it just keeps improving.
0: That's awesome. Because season one to me is already like really, just really, really good sci fi. It's yeah. top notch. And it's sci-fi. funny.
1: Absolutely. It's,
0: le- it's legitimately funny. I think Seth MacFarlane has gotten a bad rap for being funny because he's made so much crap that he's made so much stuff that a lot of it is crappy. Right. Yeah. He's made like 20 plus years of family guy, but there are some really freaking funny family guy jokes, dude. Oh, there like, are. Absolutely. Hilarious. Have you seen, you know, you know, the Godfather bit when they're about to die and it's like anything you want to confess before you die. And Peter's like, I don't like the Godfather. And it's like, Peter, <laughs> Ooh, what do you mean? Why did you, like it insists upon itself, Lois. It insists. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> no, I mean th-
2: there are some brilliant jokes yeah. in uh, so, in Family Guy.
0: Yeah, he's a great act. I mean, a great writer. And so for him to get to do this, the comedy really shines. It's very funny, but it's not overly funny. There are still very serious moments in season one.
2: Yeah,
0: and yeah, but it was it was excellent. So. Yeah, I I start watching it and I'm instantly hooked. I love all the characters. The only character that took a little bit of time to get into was John.
1: Yeah.
0: But they, like, right at the end of season one, they they give him, they make him like chief engineer. Oh, spoilers for season one of the Orville. They make him chief engineer. So now he's got something to do. So that was cool. But other than that, every character has been awesome. Yeah. My favorite character is Yavit (laughs) because I'm a huge Norm McDonald fan. Yeah. So, when I heard his voice, I was like, ah, it's going McDonald. That's so funny, which is a great example of Seth MacFarlane knows a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, we get to have things like a Liam Neeson cameo. Right. And Charlie yeah. Sterren. And then I remembered this was probably being made right after they filmed A Million Ways to Die in the West. Mm-hmm. So, he had these yeah. guys on speed dial. Uh, okay. So we got to have, so so we get another. Uh, excuse the vulgarity, but we get another sex scene between Seth MacFarlane and Charlie Uh Another one added to his list. Good for him. I mean, obviously it wasn't. They just flashed with them being in bed, but you know what I mean. Right. He's he's yeah. got to make out with that woman way way too much. But yeah, I, I loved noticing that. I thought it was funny. There were even there were there have been there were cameos from Star Trek actors Robert Ricardo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And Molly Hagan showing up as, um, as as the security officers, I forget her name. It's a lot of characters learning their names mm-hmm. um, as her parents. That was awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was great. Um, and it's always I always enjoy seeing like recognizable sci-fi actors show up in other sci-fi franchises. It's always, you know, it's always kind of fun that way.
0: It's almost like oh. a stamp of approval.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like, who knew that Seth MacFarlane actually had range?
0: Oh, Ed Ed Mercer is one of the most relatable sci-fi characters I've ever seen. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He's so interesting as a captain, but he's so, like, he's still a really great captain, but he's... Yep. Yeah, no, this is, what I would describe Orville as is what I would imagine humans would actually be like. Right. In Star Trek, because like Star Trek is wonderful, it's idealized. I love it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of the times, the human, especially in the older Star Trek, because when Gene Roddenberry was still around and didn't like conflict, the humans don't act very human-y Sometimes, I think that they're fantastic characters, but they don't often have flaws.
2: No, they're they're really somewhat Roddenberry's vision
0: of
1: what we could
0: be. Of what we could be, yeah. And that's great, and that's what Star Trek is, but the Orville is a more realistic take on, like, what I think we will actually be like in 700 years, yeah. or 400 years, however long it is. Yeah, I'm not sure what the... the um, what is. But you're about the Star Trek connections, you know Jonathan Frakes yeah.
2: uh, directed an episode in season one and directs an episode in
0: season two. Really? That's awesome. Do you know yeah. which episode?
2: Uh, season one is Priya. Uh, it's episode five?
0: That, I think that's the one with Charlize Theron, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I can't remember.
0: Where um, The it's like the woman, they rescue a woman from an asteroid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And she's actually from the future. Right. Which again,
2: Yeah. That's if you had best. given me
0: a hundred guesses, I probably wouldn't have guessed that twist. Like, great writing.
1: They've, they've done a really good job with, you know, sci-fi trope, like... My kids have now seen enough sci-fi. They're like, you know, they'll start calling things. Mm-hmm. About halfway into the episode, they'll start calling the direction they think it's going to go. And they're usually right because now they've seen enough sci-fi to know how these stories tend to go. Um, and I feel like the Orville has done a good job with twists. And also particularly sci-fi in general and Star Trek specifically, um, especially since Roddenberry has been gone can get a little preachy the oracle has i mean they've tackled a lot of things a lot of pretty uh, a lot of pretty serious things but have managed to come across as a an interesting conversation you can interpret more than one way rather than just straight up preaching their point of view
0: yeah the best i'm sorry no that's it uh, the best example of that so far is definitely episode three, which is when um, uh, Abortus and uh, Clyden have their kid. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That
0: is one of the best epi- written episodes of TV I've ever seen.
2: Oh, just wait. That that storyline
0: ain't done. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that episode. That's when I was hooked. That's when I was like, "I'm I am in this show and you guys have been telling me, like, oh, they really get serious, like, after season one. So, for it to get that serious in season one already was like, mm-hmm. whoa, really? Um, yeah. yeah. It was an excellent conversation. Well, there are
2: some great serious moments uh, in season one, but it's a little, like, there's more jokes. I feel like they yeah. kind of tone the joking down mm-hmm. as they go. And, of course, the but last season you time. didn't have, you know, Norm had, had passed before they filmed yeah. season three, and
1: he he did film some. Dialogue. He did
2: do. There were a couple of of voice lines he did. It wasn't cool. a lot.
0: Yeah. Norm Macdonald. I've discovered him only recently. Um, he might have been one of the funniest people to ever live.
2: Norm Macdonald is hilarious. Like my one of my dreams for this show is to put together a. Norm McDonald style like Saturday Night Live News Desk uh (laughs) YouTube show
0: cover I love that show. So funny. So this is a brilliant comic, but yeah, so I love seeing him have his his care his his cameo. I thought it was just gonna be a cameo, but then the character kept showing up. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. like cool. But yeah, episode three for the for those who might need a refreshing that's when um Bordis and Clyden have their son. The girl, Um, right? Yeah, they have their daughter. But then by the end of the episode, is their son. And it sparks this really interesting conversation and debate Mm -hmm. because they want to give it a sex change because that's what's normal in their culture. But, you know, then he sees Rudolph, the story of Rudolph, and sees that, this is so stupid, but it it really works. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. He was like, you must hear the tale of Rudolph where his differences... In the end, like, let him shine. And perhaps it is our daughter's destiny to be a girl. And, yeah. So there's a lot of, in the real world, there is, and especially since this, that was like 2017 the first season came out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, especially since then, uh, conversation around sex changes has blown up. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the most intelligent conversations about that topic.
2: 100%. That
0: ever put to screen. Really Absolutely, one hundred percent. It, it, it me doesn't flipping back and forth the whole time.
2: Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really. It doesn't really well, and it
0: doesn't. It doesn't tell you which side is right. It doesn't tell you which side is right, and also it's not a perfect one to one. You know, I think right. perfect one to ones suck mostly when it's like clearly this is the Jewish people, and clearly these are the Nazis, and I hate right. that. When it's like not a perfect one to one, it's way more complicated. Yeah. It means that anybody from any side can get anything from it.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Um speaking of comics, it's like it's like I've heard George Carlin's comedy described as perfect because if you're a left leaning, you watch his comedy and you think that he's you agree with him and if you're right leaning, you watch his comedy and you agree with him. That's kind of how I felt about this episode. Yeah, and and by the end they they do the sex change. They do it. They go they go against what our protagonist thought was right. And yeah, just an incredible episode that still leaves me thinking of what is the right thing because it is normal. I mean, in the very early, uh, Bordis is like, if your child has a cleft palate, you fix it. That's what Mm -hmm. this is for us. Yeah, had me flip-flopping back and forth. Even had Ed kind of flip-flopping a little bit. It was absolutely wonderful. Just a great episode of television. Also, I love that episode because... I recognized who Clyden's actor was in that episode based on the way that he blinks.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny.
0: So, what, what else do you know him from?
2: Walking Dead. Walking Dead, that's right. He was in the Walking
0: he Dead. He was he was Tyrese in Walking Dead and um, Tyrese in Walking Dead and in Walking Dead, I it always bothered me, he blinks so weirdly. He blinks like really really fast and then doesn't blink at all for like a solid minute and then blinks again. Like he's getting it all out the way, like that's how he blinks. He's blinking in one second. He blinks enough to last a minute. So then he doesn't blink again for another minute. <laughs> that's how he blinks. It's really weird. I love the actor. I think he's great in walking dead, but I just thought that was weird. So I'm watching Clyde and I kind of recognized him. Mm-hmm. I was like, who is that under all that makeup? And then the way that he blinks was like, that's Chad Coleman. Like, <laughs> Oh, that awesome. was so funny to me.
2: So we got to go to a panel at DragonCon last year with Chad Coleman, uh, Jay Lee, Mm -hmm. uh, Penny Johnson-Gerald, and was there somebody else or was it just those three? I think Scott Grimes was there, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And who are those characters on the show? uh, So that's Dr. Claire Finn, Clyden, uh, Malloy, and uh, oh, Jay Lee is uh, Lamar, uh, Lieutenant Commander Lamar.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, cool.
1: Yeah, it, was, um,
2: it they, was it was a fantastic panel. It might have been one of the best panels we went to the whole weekend.
1: Yeah. That's so and cool. so one of the really great things that I feel like uh, the Orcle has done is they they're also not stagnating on character development. like I, you, you're gonna see a lot of things happen with these characters and you're you know by the end of the show, you're gonna feel differently about a lot of these characters than you probably did initially a lot of them really go through kind of a process, which I think is is great for the story and also, you know, believable because people are complicated and all that.
0: Yeah, I love all the characters. Um,
1: what did you, of the think of, what did you think about Isaac?
0: I, I, I love Isaac. I think that he sounds so much like Data to me. I had to look up to see yeah. uh, if it was... No, it's just an unknown voice. him.
2: Yeah, Mark Jackson.
0: Yeah, Mark ja- yeah, no, Isaac is great. I'm a little worried because I feel like and this is actually they, they talk about this, how I think I think it's Bordis has this fear um in the episode where where the um where where Alara like does the simulation with all those people's fears. I think mm-hmm. Bordis has the fear that Isaac is gonna go crazy and kill them all. Hmm. Uh, um I'm a little worried about that. I'm, a, And I think that's on purpose. I think there's like this fear in the back of my head that like Isaac is really cool and he's nice and he's respectful to everybody, but also he does often talk about how they are like animals to him. So right. it's like at any moment I feel like he could snap mm-hmm. and just kill everybody. But no, I think he's wonderful. I think he's great.
2: It's a really good character. And I, I think, and it was, you know, it was, there was always the risk of the character being derivative. Yes. Yeah, uh, of data, and and at times he is, and I think it's as much an homage as anything because Seth McFarlane is a massive track fan.
0: I mean, that's this but, whole show is just right. an homage, an homage to Star Trek. I mean, like, there's clearly one like Bordis is clearly Worf, you know,
2: Bordis so... is Worf, but also, like, you kind of have this, so you have Bordis, and you immediately go, Okay, Klingon. Except that he is strong. They establish he is strong, but like he's not the the gruff character that you would expect, you know, from a Klingon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get your person with the uh, your your security officer is the little, you know, five foot nothing
1: uh-huh.
2: um, Alara, yeah, who is also fantastic. Um, Halston Sage absolutely uh, is fantastic
0: in that role. Yeah, you're right. They 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 put twists on things. Yeah. So um,
2: everybody's not exactly who you would think they are. Just so it's not it's not there's definitely an homage to track here, but it's not it's not just a parody. It's not just a pair it's not a parody. I think that's what a lot of people thought it was was a parody.
0: I remember it's, when the trailers came out for it, I didn't watch it cuz I thought it was a stupid parody. So much more.
2: Adrian Pelicki is Fantastic as
0: Kelly Grayson, no, absolutely. Yeah, she's. Okay. You know, look, I'm a man who's been cheated on. Okay, I'm I'm one of many. Okay, we are we are a we are a a, a tight knit group. It's it's rough. We meet on Wednesdays to talk about it. It's rough. It's a rough thing to happen to you. I, I'm joking. We don't. I don't. Have, <laughs> I don't. I don't go to like a support group. But anyway, so of course my first the first scene of the show is. Ed catches her cheating with freaking Rob Lowe as an alien, which was hilarious. <laughs> right, that I could rec- that I even recognize him. <laughs> it's like Rob Lowe, and I'm like, okay, that's a funny cameo. But he comes back later. But um, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna hate her, and uh-huh. now I end season one as she's one of my favorite characters.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah she
0: is yeah she's excellent i also shout out to seth mcfarland of getting to add her to the list of women that he gets to make out with who are very much out of his league <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. he has a lot of those like i said Charlize theron and, and yeah um but yeah she's great their relationship is super interesting
1: mm-hmm.
0: super super what's the, i can't think of the word it's it's so complicated it's nuanced It's so nuanced, dynamic, complicated. They are clearly care for each other and like they're really good friends Mm -hmm. and they set up and and actually this is the only, the only episode I didn't like of this show was the episode where Rob Lowe's character comes back because Mm -hmm. I hate the everyone falls in love with everyone trope. Like I think every Star Trek show did an Mm -hmm. episode like that yeah, and I hated it every time. (laughs) Uh, So I didn't really like that episode. But it set up this like, ooh, was he in heat a year ago? And that's why she cheated on him? Mm-hmm. I think, and, and you know, don't spoil it for me if we ever get a definitive answer, but I think the answer is no. I think he was not in heat. Um, I think he kind of like, the way he's like, oh, I might have been, like he he wasn't. But they talk about it at the, in the season one finale, or they take a shot at getting back together. And that might, that I'm sure that'll come back around. Uh, I'm sure it'll be kind of a back and forth thing they got going on for a while. And I'm really excited to see where that goes. I'm really invested in both of these characters being happy. And I don't know what's best for them. You know, I don't know if it's like they should stay apart. They should get back together. I don't know. And and it, it, I love how it leaves you thinking. Like, was he in Heat? I think he wasn't. But I might be wrong. We'll see.
1: I wouldn't realize John Favreau directed an episode. Yes, he does. He's
0: a, I, saw, I, I have seen he's an executive producer. He
2: directed... Uh... I'm not sure which episode, but he did direct an episode of the first season. It's one of the very first episodes. It might be, it might be episode
0: one.
1: Yeah. So yep. well, I'm glad you finally took our advice and watched the World.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just loving all the episodes. It's so many different sci-fi ideas that Star Trek has done. Some of them. Star Trek hasn't hasn't done some of them. And even if they are the ones, even if even if. They are tropes or ideas that Star Trek has tackled. This one tackles it in a different way. Yeah, they're putting it, their own spin on it. It leaves me thinking, the twist, Some of the, sometimes they're predictable, but that's okay. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, it's a time travel thing. Right. But that's okay, they put their spin on it. Like, the time-traveling planet. Okay, yeah, I, I, I called that as soon as it, like, like, disappeared. Like, okay, time-traveling planet. But then, it was like, oh, there's a Church of Kelly. Like, that's a spin on it. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so been, I, I'm super invested. I keep getting what I, th- I, I keep thinking I've got it figured out and then I don't. The yeah. the sci-fi twists are, are really, really great, really well written. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that it just keeps getting better. Um, Absolutely. Part of me was, I was kind of concerned. If it wasn't for y'all telling me that it's so good, my concern would be, oh my God, did they blow all their best ideas in season one? because there are some great ideas in season one they use them all up already.
1: you know, don't, and don't they, they, they continue to kind of harp on some of the same ideas. They kind of revisit some of those ideas again, which I feel like is interesting and thoughtful.
2: Yeah. There, there are some of these, some of the storylines that keep coming around. They're very good. Um, I'm just kind of looking down the list. Yeah. I had some crazy, uh, crazy people on here you know like ted danson showing up in episodes
0: yeah and that's that's the beauty of steph McFarlane is having a bunch of connections in hollywood yeah mm-hmm. where he's like he's like hey liam can you just like you know get on your iphone and film this quick thing just read this we'll we'll cgi and the rest later or maybe they got him to come in for like hey can you come in for a day and just do a cameo where you're the captain of this ship or whatever you know Right, that's so cool. Um, that 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 he's able to do stuff like that.
1: Yeah,
0: it, it's and and also just he's also had a lot of connections with comedy people like Norm Macdonald, where he's able to be like, "Hey Norm, can you just right. read this?"
1: Yeah, and just it's say great. These, just say this weird list of really crude things for our alien.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love did, it. Did
1: Patrick
2: Warburton show up in season one or season two?
0: I would have noticed. So he was not in season. Oh, four. you will definitely notice. Yeah. Uh he must be season 2. That's awesome. Yeah. That there's
2: no really mistaking. Awesome. It. There's there's no mistaking his voice. So you'll oh, definitely no. know when he yeah. pops
0: up. Well, yeah, no, he he's um he's in family guy. So yeah. Yeah, again, yeah, he has that connection. Yeah, no. Ed Mercer's he's one of my favorite Star Trek captains.
1: Absolutely, yeah. He's because so he's cool. very um he is very human and he definitely has very human failings but he is still every inch a leader who is he's he's a sort of leader that people will follow which yeah you know that's what you need out of a star trek captain
0: you get the feeling from him that like he's not going to ask anybody to do anything he wouldn't do himself
1: exactly Um, and
0: that comes into play already in season one where it's like Hey, orders were to do this, but we're going to do this instead because we're going to save our friend. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Uh, I think all the acting is great. The stories are great. What do you Uh, think about the ship
2: now that you're watching it?
0: I didn't like the design at first. At first, I really didn't like it. But as the show's gone on, I'm starting to vibe with it a lot more. Yeah. I don't like the design of, like, the, the shuttle bay comes out the back, right? Right. And... Then they, like, go under the big, like, I don't know what to call it, the um the engine that, like, yeah. loops around. They go under it. I don't like that because it's, like, it's just, it, it's, like, so weird, like, how you can't just go straight out and go. That just bothers me. But other than that, I actually think it's a really cool design. I really like it a lot. I did not at first. Yeah, now I understand what Marisha's tweet the other day meant when she... <laughs> Yeah. Said that her water bottle looked like the ship.
2: It <laughs> did, <laughs> uh, but I, I love the ship. And yeah, you know, the ship was a little different at first. I, I love the ship. I really love the bridge on the ship.
0: Oh, the bridge is so cool. It's the perfect mix of like classic Star Trek and then like modern. Yeah, of uh, it's still very like retro looking, but also comfort comfortable looking and contemporary. It's great. Yeah, no, I, I like the ship a lot. I like the uniforms; those are really cool to me. They actually look pretty comfortable to me, like and cool. Like,
2: oh no, I have, I I would love to have uh, one of those uniforms. The the uniforms are fantastic.
0: I like the detail of like the the like bridges on their shoulders shows their rank. Mm-hmm. That's that's I love details like that in costume design. I'm sure you do too, Marisha. It's a great show. It's very yeah. very. It, it,
2: I, it's one of those things like there are a lot of people that we've been trying to still trying to I don't think Rose watched it yet from from uh, the scare scuttlebutt podcast uh, one of our fellow red Fibers. i I keep after him, but I just don't think he believes me that it's uh it's legitimate.
0: It's on Disney plus now man. you gotta check it out out everyone has Disney plus. right. No excuse I bet, anymore. I bet the Pope has Disney Plus. The Pope has got to have Disney Plus. Maybe he doesn't have a personal account, but like it's definitely the Vatican has an account. The Va- yeah, right. Like it's definitely when he gets home or when he turns on the TV, it's there. Like someone already did it for him. But yeah, no, the Pope, but the Pope checks out Disney Plus. You know, Obviously. for sure. The Pope has gone to see a Marvel movie. I bet
2: the Pope has his own
0: theater. The Pope, you know, what you're right. The Marvel movies get brought to the Pope. Uh, you know what? I bet Seth McFarland and crew, they just go act out the episodes for them. For the yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So, this went over an hour, but it's because we really like the Orville.
2: Sure. Right. And, uh, and I'm sure as you get further in, I think we'll probably, especially in lieu of what we talked about earlier with the writer's strike, this is a good show for us to... Uh, a- to pull some of uh, some specific episodes, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll rewatch, and then we
0: can dive deep into. It's a uh, season two longer because season one was only twelve episodes.
2: I think they're all twelve episodes.
0: I'm okay with that. I'm just you know wondering yeah. that means that by next week, well, next week I won't be here. Okay, oh excuse me. By next episode that we record, I would have mm-hmm. pro- I'll probably have seen season two.
2: Okay, yeah, there's thirty six episodes total, so I'm assuming that's twelve per season.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense.
2: Cool. Well, yeah, we'll definitely, as you get further in, we'll definitely even come back to season one and pull some to for us to re-watch and then break down some individual episodes.
1: Maybe maybe once he gets done watching it, we can kind of cover some arcs.
2: Hey, Ro, if you watch them, you can come on too.
0: <laughs> Ro's always welcome on the show, especially if you watch the Orville. You know, actually, we're going to bar him from the show until he watches the Orville.
1: That's fair. <laughs> I think we should. Well, you heard it here first, Ro.
0: And I won't listen to the Scarab Scuttlebutt Scuttlebutt podcast. Okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to boycott your podcast, but (laughs) you should watch the Orville. All right, well, I think that'll do us for tonight, unless you guys have anything else you wanted to add to our conversation. No,
2: I think that's that's a good place to
0: wrap it up. Awesome. So, Marisha, where can people find you on the internet?
1: You can find me on Instagram at princesses underscore and underscore Padawans, and I'm padawans on Twitter.
2: Yeah, give her a follow, because uh, I'm sure that uh, we will be starting to gear up for um, at least Mississippi Comic Con coming up in a few weeks.
1: Yeah, I've got to get that together.
2: Uh, that's just three weeks away. And then uh, I have every intention of being in Atlanta come
0: uh, Labor Day weekend. So Awesome. And Marisha, where, I mean, uh, and Andrew, where can people find you?
2: Okay, you can find me running our Twitter account at Cy underscore Fictionary on Twitter. can okay, find our, I'll just edit that, that was weird. Um, you can drop us a line at the Science Fictionary at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our other podcast, Coruscant Radio Underground, uh, same as this, anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, check out Coruscant Radio Underground, that is our Star Wars, Star Wars specific podcast. Uh, There's also more content over at the Science Fictionary YouTube channel where you will find us covering um, a little bit of everything, but specifically um, TV shows as they come out, we will do reviews over there. So uh, definitely check all those out. You can also find us and the rest of the Red Five Podcast Network at Red Five Network on Twitter.
0: And you can find me at David underscore JG Peoples on Twitter guys don't forget to leave us a like a subscribe a review a comment rating whatever it is you can do on your preferred podcast platform it really helps with the show thank you guys so very much for watching and I would or listening and I would have a witty one liner but I don't remember any from the Orville are there any witty one liners in the Orville hmm. that I'm forgetting here
2: I'm sure there are but none are coming to mind at
0: the moment uh, shout out Norm McDonald. that's what we'll do That's how we'll end it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to leave us a like, subscribe, review, rating, comment, whatever it is you can do on your preferred podcast platform. Latchcom! This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Wee-woo, wee-woo. Stop right there, sir.